Hi, and welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen, a yoga teacher out of Austin, Texas. New this season as a visual supplement to the instruction in the podcast are videos on my YouTube channel. Search Finding Drishti on YouTube and subscribe for the latest videos. Take a seat and listen in. The last few weeks have felt very, very heavy. Um, this week especially, I've been feeling a lot of anxiety, and I notice this mostly when it's bedtime and I'm trying to relax my body and get myself into a comfortable place. And um, for me, it's really difficult, I think, to sleep in uh, a bed that's not my own. So we're hanging out at my mom's, and even though I'm actually... This one's my brother's old room. Uh, we've been sleeping in my old bedroom. It looks completely different. It's kind of just lost that uh, familiarity because um, it's just, you know, the walls look a little different and the bed is different and all this and that, but I've had a really difficult time falling asleep and I'm almost positive that so many of you guys are also out there feeling a lot of anxiety between this ongoing pandemic that is not tapering yet, um, or it won't for quite some time. And then just seeing all of the, the coverage of the protests and feeling this unrest that has been um, happening for centuries that is now kind of just building up to another boiling point. I mean, obviously there have been boiling points in the past and um, the changes from you know, the policies in the 60s haven't really sustained and they, they need to continue to change. So I've been trying to figure out ways that I can sit with my different emotions that are coming up, these feelings of anxiety, of anger, of helplessness, of frustration, of wishing that I could do more, but then we're being held back with this pandemic and how do I do things um, in our situation where my kids aren't going to camp, we're all just kind of huddled as a family. And I, ha I don't have an answer yet. I don't think I'll ever have an answer. And I think this is part of the journey of what I do with my um, meditation and with my own yoga practice is learning how to just continue exploring these things as they come up, not trying to deny them, not trying to um, explain them away, not trying to make myself feel better, um, which are usually how we cope when things get rough. But I wanted to share um, a passage. This is from Pema Chodron's um, Comfortable with Uncertainty. And this is uh, a book that I go to quite often. And the chapter title is uh, The Root of Suffering. So I'm going to share this with you and, and we can discuss. So it says, what keeps us unhappy and stuck in a limited view of reality is our tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain, to seek security and avoid groundlessness, to seek comfort and avoid discomfort. This is how we keep ourselves enclosed in a cocoon. Out there are all the planets and all the galaxies and vast space, but we're stuck here in this cocoon. Moment after moment, we're deciding that we would rather stay in that cocoon than step out into that big space. Life in our cocoon is cozy and secure. We've gotten it all together. 
It's safe, it's predictable, it's convenient, and it's trustworthy. If we feel ill at ease, we just fill in those gaps. Our mind is always seeking zones of safety. We're in this zone of safety, and that's what we consider life, getting it all together, security. Death is losing that. We fear losing our illusion of security. That's what makes us, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what makes us anxious. We fear being confused and not knowing which way to turn. We want to know what's happening. The mind is always seeking zones of safety, and these zones of safety are continually falling apart. Then we scramble to get an another zone of safety back together again. We spend all our energy and waste all our lives trying to recreate these zones of safety, which are always falling apart. That's the essence of samsara, the cycle of suffering that comes from continuing to seek happiness in all the wrong places. And when I got to this passage, I thought that, yes, this is why I'm so anxious, because what we thought felt safe is not safe. Where we try to create our little fortress of solitude, um, where we feel like if I just do all of these things, everything will be okay. And unfortunately, that's not how life works. Um, things will continue to fall apart. Things will continue to change. And we have to be okay with things not being okay. And that was one of the really hard things to um, kind of deal with, with uh, grief for me. Grieving that you have this idea of what life is going to look like, that we were going to take these grand vacations with my dad and my mom once they retire, that we were going to have these big plans. You know, even for the summer, we had these plans that we were um, going to do this like beach trip and that we were going to have, you know, a less stressful summer compared to last summer where we just worked the whole way through and we didn't take any breaks. And even the best laid plans are never a sure thing. And that is really anxiety inducing for people like me who have plans and who have schedules and calendars and we try to mitigate risk as best we can. And there's only so much that we can plan for. Uh, a lot of people had to cancel their plans. My kids are no longer going to summer camps um, because all the camps got canceled. Um, we were still able to come up here to Dallas. This was always our plan. It was the week after school was done. I was going to bring the kids up here because there weren't camps offered originally during this week. And so this was part of our plan. And then we had to just pivot. We had to pivot. I don't have a gym to go back to, to teach yet. And I'm, I'm not ready to go back to teach yet anyway. So if we're going to come up to Dallas, then let's come up here and let's stay a little longer. We can treat this as our shifted quarantine. We get a little bit more FaceTime with my mom um, and my sister's families. We have a pool, you know, like all in all, it's not terrible. It's not bad. It's a, it was a grieving the loss of the changes of plans and what we had originally hoped for for this summer. But I think that's the thing is that we can't hope for 
things that um, are never a sure thing. And what we're learning in this life is that nothing is ever a sure thing. That's about all I have to say <laughs> as far as just setting us up for um, coming into meditation. I want to be able to use our meditation today. Whoops. I want to be able to use our meditation today for sitting with this discomfort, sitting with whatever emotions are bubbling up underneath us. Uh, maybe they've been kind of this low-lying hum for quite some time, and now we're starting to feel these bigger waves and peaks as um, things continue to change in our world, uh, the continued protests, the, the continued pandemic. I always feel like whenever the news gets eaten up by one new topic that everybody kind of forgets about the rest, and there's always like a million things going on at once. And um, it can get overwhelming. And this is when whew, it's time to kind of sit back and sit in and sit quietly is helpful so that when we are ready to go back out and re-engage, we're coming from a place of calm rather than just continuing to fry our nervous systems um, over and over again. So we're going to keep it nice and simple for our meditation today. Find a comfortable seat, rest the hands, um, if you need a little bit more heartfelt of a practice today, maybe you add a little warmth to your hands. And you rest them over your heart. Keep the shoulders nice and relaxed, soften the eyes. And start with three full breaths here. Fill all the way up to the top. Let it go to the bottom. Again, breathe in. Breathe out. Last one, all the way in. Keep the lips sealed, soften the breath out of the exhale, the nose. When I am facing anxiety, uncertainty, this loss of security, I find that two things really help me. The first is getting grounded. So take a little uh, attention here toward the seat, the connection that you have against the floor. Feel the floor strong enough to hold you, lift you through your spine and that rebounding physical pressure back upward. And grounding for me is kind of like placing a stake in the ground, just a marking point to know exactly where I am physically on the earth. If I could drop a pin exactly where I am, feeling rooted to the earth, that I'm not being pulled away, I'm not floating away, 
but I'm right here, right now. Not only am I physically grounded in this spot and in this moment, but mentally grounded. What I mean by that is, can I bring my attention and awareness to being right here? I'm not worrying yet about things to come. I've set my worries on pause and we have to do this kind of regularly for people who are very anxious, high functioning <laughs> anxiety where we can still get up and, and move about our day, but still feeling that kind of heavy worrying, uh, just a uh, racing mind. How can we slow things down? even if it's just for a moment, because these little pauses that we can add to our lives, and they really allow for the mental and nervous system connection to work together. And of course, slowing down the breath, really mindful of the breath, being aware of the breath. We'll keep this grounding sensation working through the body, mind, and breath. And then the other part of it is heartfelt for me. It is really easy for me from my upbringing to just put a really hard shell around my heart to protect it from pain, to toughen it up. And that sometimes works, right? We still have to have that as a mechanism, as a tool for things like dealing with bullies, right? Dealing with other people's burdens that they place on you. I've heard a few comments um, from friends who have been sharing about what they're doing and learning um, and facing their own white privilege and then being called out for that um, really nasty names and you know we don't need to take on other people's crap we do not need to take on other people's whatever they're working through white fragility privilege they feel like they are offended if you even say black lives matter like whatever it is that they are going through and then they project that onto you that is not up to you to have to deal with their crap. And so in those few instances, hardening your own heart or just putting a little protective layer is necessary. But when we're doing the strong internal work of learning, of exploring, that's when we want to soften. We want to soften to other people's suffering, true suffering. We want to soften to the families who have lost uh, loved ones 
to COVID-19 and to police brutality, to this violence. We need to soften to the caretakers, like the healthcare workers, the, the first responders that are at these protests to make sure everyone is safe. We need to soften to people who are still feeling the true danger and the reality of both the pandemic and being black in America. If we harden ourselves to these types of suffering, then we will never learn. We will never strengthen our empathy, strengthen our compassion for other people. And so when we soften and listen, it's not in a place where we're trying to ramp our, our anxieties back up. And even then you gotta take a break. There's no way that you can sit and scroll and look at all of this that's happening in our world and end up in just a little puddle. What we wanna do is soften enough that we start to get an idea, enough to get a strong guttural reaction where you want to be able to grow your love grow your compassion for other people. And then when it feels overwhelming, you take a break again. You pause. And you reflect in those quiet moments and you restore and you rest. I think about ER doctors. You know, I remember having a conversation with um, some other yoga teachers about what do we do with people who um, feel like they need to bring their phones into yoga class because of work. And where we kind of landed was if you know you're probably gonna get some kind of emergency call or you're like on hold for something, then maybe that isn't the day to come to class. Maybe that's a time where you do a home practice or you find another time so that you can give your full attention to the time that was carved out for the class. And someone had pointed out also, hey, ER doctors, very important people <laughs> need to be on call. They also work in shifts. They are not on call all day long, every day of the week. So when they are not on call, that's when they come in to care for themselves. And we have to take a note from them. Sometimes we think everything that we deal with is an emergency, and that's, that's not always the case. So take a few more breaths here, sitting in this quiet, sitting in this discomfort, sitting in whatever other emotions are swimming around. 
Just work with those two pieces, grounding and softening the heart. Gently open the eyes. We'll relax the hands. I hope that whatever you experienced um, internally, that you were able to just kind of sit with it, not fix it, not analyze it, just sit with it, explore it a little bit. And once you take a little bit of time and let it marinate, um, come back to it later when you feel like you have a little more energy to give it some attention and uh, bring it to a place of action or change or whatever that next step is. And that's all I got. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you for listening to Finding Drishti Podcasts. Support this podcast with a donation via Venmo to Terry-Cohen, that's spelled T-E-R-R-I-K-O-E-N, and telling your friends and family. You can find my live online teaching schedule at findingdrishti.com.